From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hello, yes, Mr. Rob Rip. Thank you very much. Mike here with you. It is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for joining me here on this go-round. Recording this somewhat earlier on a Sunday night, around 10 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, mostly because the 49ers and the Broncos is kind of a boring game right now. Uh, it could change. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but thanks for dialing this up whenever, wherever you're dialing it up. Uh, yeah, update with the family. Fun time at the Orchard Saturday. Not bad. Uh, first full weekend of fall. Uh, and the family was mostly well-behaved. Mostly. I mean, got a little raucous uh, on the way back. But, hey, you know, it's a long day. Five-year-old, three-year-old, one-year-old in the back seat. Yeah, there's going to be a little arguing going on. But uh, they all fell asleep eventually. That was great. I think the best part of it, though, was... Um, you know, we're walking in, and my son, he's one years old, and this dude climbs into everything. First thing he does is he walks into the store, grabs an apple, and just starts eating it like it ain't no big thing. Like, he owns the friggin' orchard. Uh, thankfully, though, it was from a tiny basket. It wasn't from a nearby big basket. I don't think it really ma- matters, but the small baskets are generally for samples. Uh, and you know what? Uh, it's one of those places where I don't think they mind you biting into an apple if uh, you walk out and spend about 50 bucks like we did. Yeah, they, they, those places know they got a fresh product going on. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like out in the middle of BFE, Indiana. Uh, you know, it's a well known place. People go there and uh, they buy the apples and stuff. Um, but it's not like one of these things that I would hear about from my mom in her retail wars years back, in the long ago, on how people would game the system. I don't see a, a bunch of fat slobs uh, just getting into a car and driving 10 miles out in the middle of nowhere just to uh, have a great big apple heist. Uh, but uh, no, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And uh, we're looking forward to next weekend. Pumpkin Patch. Girls are already psyched for Halloween. They got their costumes. They're ready to get on and uh, get some candy here in about a month. I do owe uh, me and my wife both to our son. Yeah, he's too young to know what's going on, but we owe him a partial apology. I alluded not too long ago about how he likes to pull the registers out of the floorboards and, uh, you know, just leave the registers out. And not too long ago, our cat got stuck in one of the vents. She was able to get out with a little help from me, but she practically crawled under the house, and it's a concrete slab. We don't have a basement, right? And Logan likes to pull the registers out. Well, he's not the only one. Apparently, the friggin' cat can do it. My wife was getting ready for work uh, earlier this morning, and she was in the bathroom. She looked over, and the cat's digging the register up with her own paws. This damn thing, she thinks she's a dog. Um, so we got to keep an eye on the boy and the cat, but it's not totally his fault. Uh, so Logan, uh, we apologize. We, it's the cat who's, uh, who's being a complete moron. Uh, not, not a bad weekend of football. I'm in a surprisingly good mood. The Colts pulled one out against the Chiefs. Uh, I didn't think that was possible, but it happened, especially after that turd they laid in Jacksonville again last week. Uh, you know, the Colts made some mistakes today. Chiefs made, uh... Some costly ones, including uh, the taunting penalty at the end. They gave Colts second wind, able to find the end zone, and then uh, unfortunately for uh, Mahomes, he gets picked off. So Colts pulled one out, and uh, Amazon Prime pulling out some success on the streaming thing with uh, Thursday Night Football. They got some numbers back. Um, uh, first game they did 
what was it, a couple, uh, about a week and a half ago. And it's comparable to Thursday night numbers from uh, when the games would be on NBC or CBS or Fox. So I think Jeff Bezos uh, feeling pretty comfortable about that. Uh, the thing that was kind of drawn to, um, that caught a lot of people's eye was the fact that during the Thursday night streaming games on Amazon, there are no beer ads, and that goes with Amazon's policy about promoting alcohol. Though that was missing, and you know, beer and football go hand in hand, you'd think, right? Yeah, well, that's their policy. So, I, who knows if Amazon will change that or if the NFL is going to uh, somehow, some way, eventually get away from getting that big alcohol money. And you kind of roll your eyes and go, Come on, man, really? But think about uh, any of the shows you watch on your, uh, your streaming apps, and you see the ratings, like for. Netflix, they'll say uh, rated MA or rated PG-13, some mild language, sexual situations, smoking. Yeah, it, it it's not outside the realm of possibility there. All right, a uh, quick hit on this Brett Favgate thing out of Mississippi. Uh, you know, he uh, was trying to ask for money for his alma mater because his daughter played volleyball there. And uh, apparently he got it, or the university did, and it turned out it was coming from welfare, and it's a big to-do down there in Mississippi. And uh, Brett Favre is play, uh, you know, you know, pretty much saying, I didn't know, I didn't know. So here's the money back, but uh, the state still wants the interest back. Of course they do. Um, it looks bad. Um, and I can't say Brett Favre is really innocent here. Um, but l let me just have this. Uh, let's let me say my two cents. Let's say hypothetically, Brett Favre did not know. The problem is he was still uh, asking money uh, for money from the state, and it's not like they just draw this stuff out of thin air. It has to come from somewhere, and even if it didn't come from a welfare program, it has to come from somewhere. Has to come from the taxpayers, okay, and and that's the problem when you put a bunch of people who get their jobs by being more popular than the other guy in charge of the purse strings, and when you have a guy with the clout that Brett Favre has come asking around, yeah, that's not uh, <laughs> that's not a good look. You know what I mean? So we'll see how that shakes out, but uh, yeah, I, I guess the. Uh, Brett Favre also has a podcast, uh, and I'm forgetting the platform that it's on, but it's been suspended as of right now. Yeah, things aren't looking too good for him. Things are looking pretty good for Rihanna, but not so much for uh, rock music when it comes to the NFL. And I've said this uh, quite a bit. Uh, Rihanna, by the way, is now going to be the halftime entertainment for this year's Super Bowl out there in Glendale, Arizona. I keep forgetting this, this woman is worth a billion damn dollars. I mean, she's she's got some bank, and Chris Brown is a complete moron for you know, just being an asshat to her in the past, man. Because uh, she's done all right for herself. It was originally rumored that uh, Taylor Swift uh, was going to be the halftime entertainment for uh, this this upcoming Super Bowl, but she said nah. And of course, you can't break up if you're never a thing. So her and the NFL never a thing. That was not going to happen. But Rihanna proves what I've been saying, and that is, Rock is dead to the NFL. If you didn't quite get that with um, the, the pregame for the kickoff to the uh, season, 
with the Rams and the Bills where Ozzy was on TV for a grand total of like 10, 12 seconds and they cut away to the talking heads. Not the actual talking heads, but the sports pundits. It gives you uh, it gives you kind of an idea of how uh, how much esteem rock music in general holds with the general populace. And uh, like I said before, the the only band I can see close to rock that could headline in a you know a Super Bowl halftime show will be <clears throat> Imagine Dragons because they're not real rock. And and to even bring this uh, for uh, further to the point, uh, Tobias Forge, uh, you know, Ghost is out on tour right now. And uh, he threw the opening pitch to Chicago White Sox game not too long ago, a few nights back. And, and you know, he had the black and white face paint to go along with uh, the pinstripe black and white socks uniform. It looked pretty good. His opening pitch was a little uh, wide to the left. But, you know, he's from Europe and he's a rock star. He's not uh, accustomed to doing things. He, just be glad he didn't try to take a bite out of the damn ball. But it's a Chicago White Sox game. And they're not doing too hot, from what I can understand. They're, uh, they're, they had a pretty bad year this year. And when the White Sox have a bad year, the fans don't show up. It's not like the Cubs where, okay, the Cubs suck and the fans are in the stands uh, just, you know, drinking. Uh, so, again, it's, it's kind of hard for Rock to find its audience right now. And there's a whole slew of reasons why. But it's just not as marketable as it was 15, 20 years ago. And it's kind of sad because uh, it was a Saturday, I think, was the 31st anniversary of both Nirvana's Nevermind and the Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic coming out. Same day. Big albums for rock. In fact, 1991 might have been the last great year for rock music. And there were some, been some pretty solid years after that, but that was like the last big one, I would think. Alright, moving on to uh, someone who has found an audience. Maybe always had an audience, but Olivia Wilde, uh, the Don't Worry Darling crap that's been going on with uh, her uh, stars of her movie, former stars of her movie. Uh, just a lot of controversy with this thing. And uh, it looks like, you know, this past weekend it was number one at the box office, pulling in, I think, like uh, about $19 million. The movie, I think, budgeted at $35 million. So. It looks like it won't be a total bomb. Uh, you know, it'll make some money back, especially in other markets outside the states and uh, all that. And you know, like if I kind of joked about it being a Razzie's nominated film, I don't think it will be that bad, from what I can tell. I mean, I'm not going to go out and see it, but uh, the reviews, just looking kind of at it, glancing, you know, some have been good, some have been meh. Nothing has been too terrible. Uh, so my thinking is this, uh, it will make its money back, but I think there will be a sharp drop-off next weekend with its take because uh, all the interested parties that wanted to see it, see if it was a flop or not, went and saw it, and, you know, I think that's that. And, you know, again, it, it kind of weathered a storm, but I don't think it's enough to keep Olivia Wilde from directing again. I just hope she kind of learns something from this and that uh, you, you got to have better temperament when you're dealing with actors and such. You know, especially considering that she's an actor, too. You know, got to keep that in mind. Uh, one thing I have kind of noticed with uh, the media is like, well, you know, everybody's making a big deal about uh, Olivia Wilde possibly screaming with uh, Florence Pugh and all this stuff. Uh, what about Stanley Kubrick and how he treated uh, Shelley Duvall on the set of The Shining? And uh, for those who don't know, I mean, he basically mentally abused that poor woman. 
and she was actually nominated for a Razzie. And when more of this stuff came out decades later, the Razzies kind of rescinded that nomination, or that I don't know if she got the award or not. But she was basically, uh, it, it was like Stanley Kubrick was a method director. And he was just, you know, for all of his genius, he was also insane. Uh, the, the infamous baseballs bat scene, uh, where she's swinging it at Jack Nicholson, uh, coming up the stairs at her. They filmed that single scene 127 times. 127 takes that one scene. And I believe that's a Guinness Book of World Records uh, benchmark right there. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, you, you, you know, maybe it's not so much we should be making excuses for Olivia Wilde to be screaming at her stars and stuff. Maybe the uh, thing we should do is learn from the lessons we have seen with previous directors. I mean, I know that Alfred Hitchcock uh, sometimes was a bit of a bastard to some of his actors. John Ford could be a little bit on the cranky side. You know, when you get these guys with vision... And it's all about their art, and sometimes they get so wrapped up in it, they don't give a crap who they run over. Maybe we should be distancing ourselves from those methods. Not excusing a current director. And this doesn't matter if it's a dude or a chick, okay? It's just maybe we should start calling out bad behavior when we see it. Not cancel culture, mind you. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to cancel Star Wars. I just I think I'm over the... Uh, uh, the franchise, for the most part, outside of the Mandalorian. Although, I don't know, Andor. Uh, this is basically kind of a prequel series to uh, Rogue One, which wasn't really all that bad. It was actually kind of good, uh, but uh, it's a, you know, a prequel series. Uh, a few of the episodes have dropped. They're making a big deal about it because I guess this is the first time ever in the Star Wars franchise. That somebody has used the word shit. Like, oh shit. You know, it was one of those things. And uh, I guess, you know, gritty Star Wars. Somebody said shit. And it reminded me of It Hits the Fan, that episode of South Park, where 120 odd different times that word is used. And they were making a big, uh, a big deal about it because uh, the show cop drama within the episode was going to use the word shit. And all these people are just glued to their televisions like, oh my god, this is going to be, you know, drastic television. It's going to change the way we look at entertainment, right? And at the end of the episode, you hear, oh, hey, uh, Johnson, you got some shit on the side of your mouth. Wow! <laughs> I think that was kind of a knock at NYPD Blue because back in the 90s, that was kind of a show that... Uh, towed the line when it came to language and everybody had to show their ass at one point on the show that was i think that was just a contractual thing um but yeah so shit is now a thing in star wars and you gotta wonder if samuel l jackson feels like his character kind of <laughs> mace windu got the shaft when it came to the f-bomb man because if you want to bring the f-bomb to the universe uh, that's the prequel series you do right there with Samuel L. Jackson. All right, let's get to uh, the big one here. I, mean, I got a few other things in the hopper here, but uh, the big one here, uh, Mr. Adam Levine, Mr. Uh, too Good for His Own Damn Self, getting in trouble for texting or sexting or whatever the hell because a few women have come out about him uh, being pretty suggestive in these texts. And I've seen a few of them. 
Yeah, this isn't just joking text, man. He's uh, he's looking for some, and he's a married man. And, uh, you know, he says he's crossed the line. He hasn't cheated on his wife, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I know he's wrinkled the feathers of some metal fans. You know, if it isn't enough for um, the NFL to pretty much think that Rock is dead, you have this uh, pompous douchebag saying in one of these texts, you know, no hot chick is into uh, metal. And he's saying this to a hot chick that, chick that claims to like metal music. Never mind the fact that this dude is on stage and he's tatted up like uh, a Motley Crue roadie. I mean, he looks like, if he wasn't such a greasy piece of crap, uh, you know, he could have been a metal guy back in the day. But, you know, he's too good for that now, right? So he's texting all these women. He says he's crossed the line, but he hasn't cheated on his wife. And uh, even if he didn't, this is still a bridge too far. You, there's only one person you really should be doing this with, and that is your wife, because otherwise, R.I.P. homie. That's just it. Uh, but a guy like that, there's, I just I can't see him not cheating on his wife if he's doing shit like this, because it, he's on the road. He's he is part of one of the biggest pop bands on the planet, Maroon Five. As much as I can't stand Maroon Five, they have had infinite success. He is a well-known dude. He is a, he's a pretty good-looking dude for an asshole. I get it. Um, he's also a judge on one of the talent shows. I think it was it America's Got Talent or uh, the Sound Coach, the Voice Coach, the Master Coach. One, one of those things, right? He's a, he's a judge on one of those shows. So he's got some television exposure. People know who he is. He's all over the world. And there are women that would throw themselves at him. Although a lot of people... Who uh, who uh, follow this podcast? Who follow the Facebook page? Uh, women have told me how gross they think this guy is because he's so into himself. And these women are smart because they have probably. And again, I'm speculating. I don't want to speculate too much here, but they have lived and they have loved and they have lost and they've gone through life and they've had experience and they know a, a d bag when they see one. This is him. But there are women that would still sleep with this guy because, well, you know, hey, I'm not married to him. It's not my problem. So you have these women that still will defend him uh, to the ends of the earth. And chances are this really won't affect uh, Maroon 5 album sales. It probably won't affect ratings for his TV show. But, you know, you got to feel bad for his wife somewhat. Because she probably got into that trap of rationalizing and, and a bit of gaslighting. And I don't know who did what. But, you know, she probably thought she could change him. Or she could find happiness with this dude. Or he could make her happy when he doesn't know what he wants. You know, to, her, to him, she's probably just an option. Why else would you send these texts, right? Why would you say what you said if you weren't happy to begin with and this dude's never going to be happy and he's going to make people around him miserable that's just a little a little thing i picked up watching this whole thing unfold and uh, i it'll be interesting to see if any more accusations kind of come out and if he will it, it, like this would be the pop music version of uh, define what is is i did not have sexual relations with that woman and, you know, he might come out and say, yeah, I, I cheated on her. And there might be some people like, well, you know, he, he's honest about it. Yeah, okay. Again, I'm speculating, but uh, that's that's kind of how I see that playing out. By the way, uh, somebody sent me this meme, and I've got to send it, but basically going back to the Adam Levine tattoo thing, 
Uh, this meme says, suggests that he looks like the takeout bag from Chipotle. Um, but let's be honest, Chipotle is less greasy than Adam Levine. All right, uh, speaking of douchey frontmen or former frontmen, a guy old enough to know better, uh, 79-year-old Roger Waters, who uh, just can't help firing off his mouth about shit. Uh, you know, he had that thing where he was talking about how he's a more important performer than I think what... He was in town in Toronto a few weeks back, a month ago. Same time that uh, The weekend and uh, Drake were doing their thing. Like, they had shows going on. And he was like, well, my show is more important because I'm more important. I'm saying stuff. And it's like, okay... Uh, keep talking about yourself, guy. Uh, he has actually had to cancel his own shows in Poland coming up in uh, April. Uh, let's see, like uh, 21st and the 23rd. He had two shows lined up uh, because of some things he wrote to uh, the, I guess, the presidents of Ukraine, his wife. He wrote her and talked about, uh, you know, yeah, you know, you guys should be really concerned about these right-wing fascists that are fighting alongside you and blah, blah, blah. Basically, he's telling them how to run a war. And that didn't go over well with uh, Ukrainians and uh, neighboring Poles. And, yeah, he uh, he decided to cancel his show because he really knows how to warm a room up to himself. The guy can't stop talking about things. And, okay, yeah, I don't know a lot about what's going on over in Ukraine. All I know is, A, I don't trust a country that's being run by a KGB strongman, hence, uh, you know, Russia and Putin. But at the same time, I don't know if everybody in Ukraine is up and up. And uh, the media, like, this is kind of a fog of war thing. You really don't know what's going on, on the ground. And everybody's got their, uh, they're saying this thing. Uh, but if I was a rock star, you know, if I actually had a, just a modicum of talent, just a, it's just a shred of talent and I'm on the road and I'm touring maybe I don't say anything in areas that are uh, not too far off from troubled areas maybe I keep my mouth closed but then again rock stars never do and that's kind of a problem especially when you've got a war going on and all sorts of other crazy things that uh, that make 2020 and 2021 look uh, a little more uh, warm <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Roger Waters can't keep his damn mouth shut about crap. All right. Uh, one famous person that is a badass, and I like this dude, Tom Hardy. Uh, he's a bit eccentric. I mean, have you seen him in anything from, like, Inception or uh, uh, the, the Dark Knight Rises or, uh, you know, his uh, occasional appearances on Peaky Blinders? You know that Tom Hardy is kind of a weird dude when it comes to acting. He's actually a badass, uh, 45-year-old. You know, he uh, his actual real name is Ed Hardy. Tom is his stage name, but uh, he recently entered a jiu-jitsu a jiu co uh, competition and won. He friggin' won. So, yeah, he's not like uh, an actor that pretends to be a badass. He's uh, He actually can handle himself all right. And you got to wonder uh, if he's gunning for uh, uh, Chuck Norris here, man. I know Chuck Norris is up in years... That that would have been a pretty good uh, movie, wouldn't it? You know, Chuck Norris, if you were to take younger Chuck Norris and uh, Tom Hardy now, and Chuck Norris being the good guy, and, you know, Tom Hardy wearing a weird-ass mask saying, I'm coming to get you! You know, hey, I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Yeah, I would. I most definitely would do that, man. But, you know, kudos to him, because I know that he's had some drug addiction and alcohol problems in his past, and 
you know, you, sometimes you got to find an, another hob, hobby, another habit, a better habit to fill the void, and it looks like that is it. So, yeah, he went from uh, chemicals kicking his ass to actually kicking ass. And one thing that really has kicked ass, uh, this, uh, you know, this Halloween decoration that's been up uh, just outside of Chicago since late August. Uh, Stranger Things 4, pretty decent season. I liked it. Uh, there's that scene where uh, Vecna gets to uh, uh, Max and she's suspended in the air and her eyes roll back and she's in a trance and, you know, she's up in the air. And... Uh, that has been turned into a Halloween decoration by a very creative couple, and uh, they've actually added some stuff like the Vecna grandfather clock. And if this stuff sounds like gibberish to you, uh, you can you can always Google it and look at. It. In fact, it's on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. You can also uh, you know watch it on Netflix. But uh, they got this girl, this fake girl, suspended in the air, part of the Halloween decorations. I think they made most of the uh, mannequin out of pool noodles. Looks very convincing, and a lot of people just have no idea how the hell they're pulling this off and how she's staying up in the air. This might be one of the best Halloween decorations I've ever seen, and it has very little gore to it. it this this doesn't look like something that would get the cops called because it you know you have some of those Halloween decorations that's coming up soon where you know tons of blood or it looks like a guy's hanging from a tree and the cops are called. Oh, it's just a mannequin. You know, this is so outrageous, you have to say to yourself, well, how in the hell are they doing it? And it's uh, getting a lot of stares. Uh, and that reminds me, um, our neighbors uh, just next door, they put out their Halloween decorations last weekend. Uh, they couldn't wait. They got the, the zombie thing going. It looks pretty decent. The girls love that stuff. Uh, in fact, when they put them up the uh, first time uh, a year or two ago, both Lana and Hazel went over there to look at it, and they just loved it. You know, these Disney princess girls just love the Halloween stuff, the scary stuff and all. And, uh, you know, if they saw a floating mannequin, they'd probably dig that. By the way, um, because uh, we are entering the last weekend of September, uh, just going to give you a heads up. I might start soliciting on Facebook some uh, Halloween-type material for, for future podcasts. So keep that in mind. You know, haunted places... Uh, all that stuff. So if you got any stories about hauntings, if you got any stories about, uh, you know, places you've been to that have been, you know, notoriously spooky or someplace here in Indiana, Ohio, or whatever part of the world you live in, you know, feel free to drop me a line because uh, I do enjoy this time of the year. I don't necessarily decorate like my neighbors, but I do, I do love a good horror movie. I do love a good ghost story, whatever you got looking forward to that so with all that said and done there's a quite a bit to get through there uh you have yourself a great work week stay fresh you've been listening to mike davidson live be sure to check him out on social media like him at facebook.com backslash m davidson lives follow him on twitter look for at davidson lives 